0: Was founded by a woman named Anna Marie Jarvis, who began the tradition of Mother's Day to honor her mother, activist Anne Maria, Anna Marie Anne Maria Jarvis. Anne Maria gave birth to 13 children in 17 years, only four of which survived uh, to adulthood. So Ann Maria was born in 1832, so this is in the 19th century. Uh, the rest of her children died from diseases because of poor health care and sanitation in the, her rural community of West Virginia. And so in response, Ann Maria organized uh, what, what she called Mother's Day work clubs. She led a movement among women to improve health and sanitary conditions in their local communities. And then, during the Civil War, uh, Anne Maria redirected the focus of those Mother's Day work clubs to providing medical care for the soldiers on both sides of the conflict, because in West Virginia, they were right. I mean, that was literally where families were being uh, divided, brothers fighting against each other. And fathers against sons, and um, because of that experience uh, uh, during the Civil War, uh, that led Anne Maria after the Civil War into peace activism, and so she organized mothers in the North and the South around their common experience of grief for the purpose of healing the wounds in our nation. Point of this brief sketch is that, uh, I don't know about you all, I was not raised knowing the story about Mother's Day at all. I was taught that Mother's Day was about, you know, sentimental expressions and cards and cleaning your room, basically. Which is a good thing, everyone should clean their room. Uh, But in fact, uh, Mother's Day was founded to highlight women's role in bringing peace and justice to their communities into the world. And, but, but beyond this, the point that, that I was realizing uh, this Mother's Day is that Anne Maria Jarvis uh, was a woman who made a brave and costly choice back in the mid 19th century because in order to be an activist for peace and justice, as a woman, she had to make the brave and costly step of stepping outside of her expected role. And she did that for the benefit of her community. It reminds me of my mom, Jane Yonkman had a call to ministry from the time she was a child. Unfortunately, becoming an ordained minister in, in her church, which was a very conservative church in the Midwest, in the 1950s, was, it wasn't just not possible. It, it was unimaginable there, that it just didn't happen. There were no role models, no one talking about it, nothing. But somehow, still, she had the sense of a call. The most she could hope for was to become a minister's wife, or, I mean, just to add the cherry on the top, she could become a, a missionary overseas. You see, in that church at that time, women were allowed to, in the words of Scripture, preach and hold authority as long as that authority was exercised over people of color. But that's a whole other sermon for a whole other day. Even though sexism, misogyny, and discrimination created what appeared to be an insurmountable barrier between my mother and her sense of call, somehow God made a way. She made a way. God and mom somehow figured out a way together. And even though God made a way, there was still a heavy price to pay first she had to complete her undergraduate degree my grandmother mom's mom didn't think her daughter should go to college it was a waste of time it was a waste of money mom's older brothers had gone to college because it was expected they would have careers they would have families And uh, mom wanted to go to Illinois State Normal University so that she could have a career as teacher, one of the two careers open to women at the time, teaching and nursing. That was it. But still, she wanted to do that. Her brothers had gone to college. Nevertheless, grandma thought there was no point in girls going to college since their proper place was, of course, in the home raising children. That's what she expected and wanted. But... So this is the first little way she made a way. Mom convinced Grandma to let her go to Calvin College, which was the college of our denomination at the time, a small religious college run by the denomination, so that, Mom argued, she could potentially be a good minister's wife. And Grandma was won over by the argument that perhaps a college education was worthwhile for a girl if it made her a better conversation partner for her minister husband. <laughs> I mean, she's, smart. she's a smart lady. Mom was in her senior year when she became pregnant with me, so I guess I'm kind of responsible for ruining her career at that point because she could not complete her degree, she could not complete her degree because she was pregnant. The college would not allow, she was planning on being a teacher, she was doing a teaching degree, speech pathology degree. Uh, So she could be, she could help her minister husband if they were missionaries over, anyway. But The college would not allow her to do her student teaching while she was pregnant. So she couldn't, and there were several reasons for this. Let me spell them out for you. The first had to do with sex, of course, something that uh, just a lot of anxiety around. A pregnant woman teaching children might lead the young ones to ask uncomfortable questions like, where do babies come from? I'm just saying, they were worried about that. It's just what it was. The second was because of the assumption that if you were a mom or in the process of becoming a mom, you had your job. So there was no need to complete college. You, you had completed your goal of what you were there to do. And of course, mom was married, so she, I mean... Anyway, and the third, which I didn't realize until this week, uh, was that all of this was entirely legal. The um, the Pregnancy Discrimination Act. There is one of these things. Maybe we don't even remember that anymore. But there, there was a time in 1978, the Pregnancy Discrimination Act was passed, so that businesses, educational institutions couldn't discriminate against pregnant women. Before, up until 1978, you absolutely could do that. You could fire a woman. You could whatever if she was pregnant. It was totally fine and mom had no one to tell her that's not right in fact everyone around her was saying well sounds right to me so jumping ahead at 40 years old mom goes back to college after finishing college while working part-time raising four kids she entered seminary uh, because of her intention to ordain, she was forced, of course, to leave the church that she had grown up with and face the disapproval of her community. Her family was not super, ex- I mean, her extended family, her parents were not super excited about it. Uh, Grandpa actually came around and was very supportive in the end. Uh, she, never completed, uh, she nevertheless completed seminary and received ordination while her marriage was falling apart. And while the man she had been married to for 25 years was dying of AIDS, all of this, she completed seminary and got ordained while all of this was happening. But even after sacrificing so much for her call, the challenges weren't over. Mom faced sexist and discriminatory treatment from her male colleagues, from her male minister colleagues, even though the denomination she, she ordained in, which was not the UCC, it was another slightly less conservative denomination than the one she had grown up with. Uh, so, so even though the, the denomination said it was okay to ordain women, uh, individual congregations were free to discriminate against women uh, because of conscience. I'm just saying. You know, I mean, and don't think that this still doesn't go on today. There's so, I mean, tons of uh, religious organizations and stuff still, you know, it's because of conscience that we, that we need to discriminate against women. And most of them did. Uh, Mom ended up, however, even through all of that, having a rich ministry and a su- successful career as a chaplain for hospital, hospice, and nursing home settings. She received a number of additional credentials and complementary therapies such as Reiki and spiritual direction, and she developed a worship uh, program for dementia patients that eventually was adopted nationally in her denomination. And uh, after 20 years of ministry, she, she retired, and she was so happy. <laughs> she was, I've, never, I've never seen her happy in her life. She was just so happy uh, to have made it. Uh, uh, and, uh, and I'm so proud of her. And I'm also aware today that I have not faced any of these barriers ever. I never faced a single one of these barriers as a man. In fact, it was just the opposite. Being a white, you know, straight man, people are holding doors open for me every step of the way. It's because of the injustice my mom faced and that women in ministry face to this day that I dedicate my life to building a more just and equitable world for all. At our first church, South Church Bible study this week, we reflected on Jesus' words from uh, John uh, chapter 15, uh, which uh, our deacon Beth uh, read. Jesus tells his disciples, this is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. No one has greater love than this, uh, than to lay down one's life for one's friends. And at the Bible study, uh, we talked about how this love commandment relates to Mother's Day. And we reflected on God's love and mother's love. And then I asked, Uh, specifically what, you know, the moms in the Bible study, uh, how they related this text to Mother's Day. And and one mom reflecting on her mothering and grandmothering said, uh, show your love, don't take your mother for granted. He said, sometimes that can happen. So this Mother's Day, let's honor our moms, but more than that, uh, let's honor women in all their roles. Because there's all sorts, all different kinds of women doing all different kinds of uh, work to, uh, to make communities thrive. All different kinds of mothering. Let's honor women particularly as they step beyond the narrow confines of patriarchal gender expectations. Let's honor women with, as the prayer said, more than lip service. Cards are nice. Send your cards. Call your mom. My socks say, call your mom. Call your mom. But don't stop there. Let's honor women by creating a world where gender equality is the norm. It's not even a topic up for discussion anymore. Children, if you want to honor your mothers, advocate equal pay for equal work. Parents, if you want to honor your daughters, fight for paid maternity leave. Brothers, if you want to support your sisters, encourage them as they step into leadership roles. And maybe, if you have the opportunity, hold the door open. And spouses, if you want to support your wives, consider taking on the role of primary caregiver. Let's honor the legacy of Anne Maria Jarvis, Jane Yonkman, and countless mothers, daughters, grandmothers, gay, straight, and transgender by joining together to put into action Jesus' commandment of love. Amen.